36 years of life. I've only ever spent about a year without a pet in the home, and I hope I never go that long again. Animals are special, and so is that bond. And it's not an owner-property bond. It's familial. I have two cats now that I, I love, and I will readily say that I like them more than most people, which is not me condemning people. It's just how special they are to me. I think we've all either experienced losing a pet, or we know someone that has. It's an incredibly common occurrence, whether it's a family dog that's been around for two decades, or a carnival goldfish that you've had for two weeks. I've never really had an in-depth conversation, though, about pet loss before this week's episode. I'm really glad that I was able to be able to do that, and I'm glad I get to share it with all of you today. One last thing, there's a poem called The Rainbow Bridge. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. I wanted to record it for the podcast, but because of copyright concerns, I, I didn't do that. If you've never read it, I won't spoil it. All I will say is that it is about a special place that our pets go when their lives are over. It's incredibly touching. I can't hear it or can't read it without uh, it bringing a tear to my eye, so I hope you enjoy it if you've never read it before. As always, content warning, the show does talk about death, so please be mindful as you listen. Hello and welcome to Our Last Mill. I'm your host, Andrew, and my guest this week is friend of the podcast, Nikki the Death Doula. Nikki works as a death doula, helping individuals and families navigate loss, as well as hosting her own podcast, Good Grief. Nikki, thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you for having yeah, me. I'm I, happy to be here. It's um, I would say it's been a while since we spoke, but it's been, that's not true. It's been a while since you've been on this show, but we spoke last week. <laughs> yeah. We, I was to say, we just spoke last week, so. <laughs> it, it all, the days kind of run together. It's been busy. Um, yeah, and you know, we, we joked about this last week that uh, this is, we're recording late for both of us. Um, it, it's only nine o'clock, yeah. but yeah, this time of day, my <laughs> brain's kind of fried. I know, well, and it's that time of year where it gets dark at like five, so by nine, it may as well yeah, be midnight. it's honestly <laughs> around five o'clock now, I just... At that point, I've lost all sense of time. I don't know if it's five thirty or if it's you know one a.m. It just it's yeah. all the same. Yeah. Oh, I'm in my pajamas by like six most nights because it's like why yeah. I'm not going to go anywhere. <laughs> it's dark. It's well, I mean, crappy. in all fairness, I mean, <laughs> I, I, the days I work from home, yeah, that's just the pajama day. That, yeah. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> just you know, it's it's. <laughs> my husband makes it's fun of it's me. It's business comfortable. That's the thing. It, it I'll wear a nice shirt in case I have a Zoom meeting, you know, brush my hair and put a nice shirt on, but then I'm going to wear my pajama I pants wish I could all say day. That I do that, but it's, it's t-shirts most of the day. Now, okay, if I have a meeting with somebody, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't want to look like a complete slob. I keep like a pullover sweater in my uh, office closet and I just pop that there bad boy go. on and I'm good to go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, bare minimum, just something to cover up the, the like, Well, the spaghetti, spaghetti stains, stains and the tattoo, you know, that way I can <laughs> kind of make it a little more professional <laughs> yeah good point but no I, I appreciate you coming on um i don't want to fully give away a spoiler here but i do want to say um this is something this is a grief topic i've wanted to delve into for a while um and you were the first person who i've spoken with that mentioned this as a thing they wanted to discuss um so our topic today is not yeah. in i'm not going to say the normal grief conversation 
However, I will say that it is very much as valid, and it is one that, in my own uh-huh. personal life, I think about, and it scares me. Um, would you please tell us who we're going to talk about today? Yes, we're going to be talking about Yuna, who was my cat. And you, um, I was going to say, you, you told me <laughs> in the prep for this that it wasn't just, you know, she wasn't just a cat. It sounds like she was a lot more than that. Oh, she was my soulmate, 100%. Um, my best friend. She, I had her pretty much my entire adult life. I feel like we grew up together and we started yeah. getting old together. How, how did you, so, how did you yeah. come to your life? Was it the, did you, did you adopt her? Was it a cat distribution oh. system type of situation? No, I, you know what? I, I always hope for the cat distribution system to work for me and it hasn't yet, but <laughs> so I, I had been wanting to get a cat when I was growing up. Um, my dad didn't like, he didn't allow us to have pets. We could have uh-huh. like hamsters, uh, but no cats, no dogs. Cause you know, they were messy. Um, and so I was just aching to be an adult so I could have a cat because <laughs> I wanted a cat or a dog so bad. And, uh, like almost as soon as I had my own apartment, I'm like, I need a cat. <laughs> and uh, my college roommate at the time was working for the Board of Health. And one of the places she had to inspect was a uh, it was a woman's home who ran like a, a rescue shelter in her garage, basically. And um, she called me one day and she's like, Nikki, she has some kittens. And I'm just like, <laughs> losing my mind. And uh, <laughs> we go out there. I couldn't bring one home yet because they were only like, a week old at that point so they weren't weaned yet and um she the lady was so sweet she said somebody called her they had found a bag of kittens tied up like a plastic oh bag in a dumpster somebody had thrown them out so it's it's terrible but they all lived they you know they all survived uh somebody found them quickly um so she was able to rescue them and don't worry there's a special place in hell for people that do that uh I firmly, I firmly believe, like, come on. Um, But yeah, she had me come in. I got to look at the kittens and there was five of them and four of them were all like jumping on each other and playing and being crazy. And one was just sitting off to the side looking all sad. And I'm like, that's the one I want. (laughs) I want to rescue her. I want to hold her. So, So, uh, yeah. And then three, you know, Four or five weeks later, when she was old enough for me to bring her oh. home, I brought her home. I, I love that. I I love to. Okay, so I'm a cat person. I don't know how much I've said that on this podcast before, but I'll I'll say it, you know, loud and proud. Love dogs; they're great. But I am very much a cat person um, mm-hmm. for so many reasons. But they're just so special. They're just they're just great animals. I I don't know how else to say it. So somebody that would they want are. to just throw them out like that is like you said. There's a special place in hell. Um, I, there, there's just yeah. any animal. They're so defenseless. Like, what are they? Oh my god! Yeah, no, yeah it's, I can't. It's fine. It's, I understand, mm. but I, I love stories <laughs> though where there's that happy ending of you know they all survived and they had a chance to you know live and thrive. Um, mm-hmm. Our oldest cat. Yeah. Oh, I always wondered about her litter mates growing up. Like, if they, you know, if they lived as long, if they had you know good lives, and yeah. I always thought about them. <laughs> I would have brought all five home if I could, but I was like early twenties at the time, and I could barely afford to keep myself, let alone yeah. me and one cat. So, one well, was the know, limit. It's funny. Our um, our oldest cat, Porkchop, we adopted her, and it was it was one of those. She was found in a barn, um, in a small town, uh, just up the road from us, and I we wondered the same thing before: is you know what happened to her litter? How are they? 
But we had a similar thing whenever we mm-hmm. picked her out. We went to the store. It was in a, a little, it looked like an old hardware store in a downtown. Um, in the window, we just saw these kittens playing. It's like, this is the happiest place I've ever seen. It's it's a window full of kittens. <laughs> and we, stu- we stood outside of it, and Porkchop, this little gray cat, just rushes through everyone else and throws her paws up on the window like to stare at us. And so we go in, and oh. I'd already seen that this, you know, I wanted to look at this gray cat even online before we got there. And we said we'd like to look at her. When they open the door to where the kittens are in this little window room thing, she again bolts to the front of the line, and it's like, I mean, she's picking us at this point. You know, Yeah. all that to say, yeah. it's not the exact same way that they handled it, but just that you know. Like when you see that cat, you're mm-hmm. just like, all right, that's the yep. one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw her and I was like, nope, that's that's my girl. I'm going to take that one home. And she was just so pretty. She was a, a blue cream tortie, so a tortoiseshell cat, but she was the muted tortie, so yeah. it was like the gray, white, uh, kind of orange tortie color. Tell me, so you know, I know cats are very, uh, some people would say that they're finicky. They just have their own personalities. And tell oh, me my about God. Her. I got stories for days of this personality on this cat. I mean, first and foremost, um, I tried unsuccessfully multiple times to get another cat because I always wanted to have like two or three and she would, she would not allow it. She would not allow another cat in her house. Uh, Just period. There was one, I had to rescue a cat. Um, Somebody's significant other was hoarding pets basically and he was like i'm going to just throw all these in the shelter and i was like let me come get one or two from you just and i had her for about six months and i lived in a two-story apartment and yuna lived upstairs and uh rue lived downstairs and they never met in the middle (laughs) like it was just they had their own apartment basically and then that cat unfortunately had really bad kidney disease and she passed away so um we didn't have her very long uh, and then I had another special needs cat for a while. I had him for a good two or three years, but it was the same thing. One lived upstairs, one lived downstairs, and they hated each other. So she she did not tolerate, she didn't tolerate really anybody <laughs> except for me. <laughs> she loved the crap out of me and tolerated my husband. Um, towards the end, like her last like two or three years of life, she loved him just as much as she did me. She wouldn't let on. Like if I came in the room, she'd be like, I'm not sitting with him. <laughs> but uh, but they were buddies. They uh, When he, my husband and I were newly dating, the first couple times he was alone in my apartment with her, she would like do the thing where she'd sit at the side of the room and stare at him <laughs> like, why are you here? <laughs> and he's just like, I'm just going to sit here. You do your thing. I'll do mine. And he would watch Doctor Who. And after a while, she started like kind of getting, she would sit closer and closer. And then after about a month, she was sitting in his lap watching Doctor Who every day. <laughs> so up for up until she died, when she heard the Doctor Who theme song, she'd come trotting <laughs> into the room <laughs> and see if we were going to watch Doctor Who. That's so cool. This, and this is another thing. Yeah. I, I really think that they are very intelligent animals. I mean, they can they can learn routines really Mm -hmm. well they can even just that association of like oh that song means it's time for us to hang out i uh, Mm -hmm. i love that was he a cat person Mm -hmm. before you started dating oh yeah oh very much so he had cats growing he had cats and dogs growing up but he really really enjoyed cats a lot he i remember him being sad that his he was living with a roommate at the time who had like the nicest cat 
and his roommate moved. He was like, I mean, I miss my roommate, but I miss his cat more. <laughs> I get it. We've uh, we've told our family before if we're ever in a situation where, you know, we've got to choose. It's, you know, look, just don't get in the way of us and the cat. Well, cats now. I, I'm i telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. That's, yeah. that's, that's really cool, though. <laughs> uh, so, go yeah. Ahead. No, she, I was just going to say she had... She had a crazy personality. She was a, she, I always have to share this factoid with people. Nobody believes it, but my husband witnessed it more than once. She hated <laughs> Tom Jones. I'm not, I wish I would. <laughs> and I mean, I tell people that and they're like, okay. And my husband's like, no, I've seen it. You could, she loved music. If I played music, she didn't mind. Or sometimes she, like if I was singing, she'd meow with me or like, you know, want me to hold her while I was singing. But if we played Tom Jones, she got she would get straight up mad. She I would mean, yell and hit us. <laughs> I love Tom Jones. I don't know what the problem was there, I, but I wonder if it just like she didn't like the tone, or maybe she thought his music was a little reductive. <laughs> I mean, I it. She's a critic. I. It's possible when she was a kitten, I used to sing "What's New Pussycat" a lot to her. That, that might be it. I could see myself doing that, so maybe she just got a sour well, maybe taste she just in her liked mouth. Your version better, and she thought he was butchering it. That could be. I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's the only that thing that could be. She did like to hear me sing. It's you know, and that's the cool <laughs> thing. So, what are some of the things that you you got to do with her? Because everybody I know that has a cat, and I'm I'm guilty of this too. Like you have certain ways you interact with them. You know, our older cat, I can pick her up and hold her like a baby. She's almost ten. She's still good mm-hmm. with that. Our our younger cat. He'll walk up to my wife oh, yeah. and he'll just he'll yell at her, put his paws up on her, and just he wants her to just pick him up, give him a big stretch, and then just put him on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's what our our current cat does. He does hugs. He put he comes in, he puts his arms up, and you have to pick yeah. him up, and he'll sit on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she liked to be held by me, but nobody else. Um, and. She loved to take naps with me, but she was like, my current cat will sleep like on my face, on my chest, like wherever. She might sleep on my legs, but usually she just laid beside me, but she would put one paw on my just arm. Just to be touching like, you. Like, <laughs> mine. Well, it's her love yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She just wanted to like, just put one paw on me and that was it. Um, she followed me around the house and in her last like couple of years, she was, she had, the worst arthritis in her back legs and she could barely get up and down the stairs and during COVID I was working from home so I was upstairs and she didn't she hadn't walked upstairs probably in like two Mm. years at that point because also we had that other cat for a while and he was up here and I was working from home one day and it like almost noon and I turned around and she was sitting behind me I was like oh my god you came upstairs so I got a bed and everything for in my office because she kept wandering up to just be with me because she was like, well, mom's home. I want to go sit with that's, her. That's that's another thing. I've heard that from COVID, you know, what did our pets think during that whole time where all of a sudden we were home mm-hmm. all the time. And we used to joke that yeah. in the pork chop, she probably wished we'd go back to work. I, <laughs> but I think about it now. and Yeah, I mean, if we, if we weren't the home, in the home now, she'd probably freak out that we weren't here as much. Yeah. Yeah. I think she loved it. And like I said, she followed me around and she could barely do the stairs. So I would try to like carry her if I could tell she was trying to follow me up and down the stairs. Um, 
We weren't cool enough to get like one of those motorized chairs for her. Honestly. <laughs> That's a limit we didn't. We look, didn't I wouldn't judge you if you did. So. Hey, we built stairs for her to get in and out of the we bed. We talked about that. You know, I, and I, I, I fault no, yeah. no pet owner for doing that. Anyone who's like, yeah, I want to make their life as comfortable as possible. No fault at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. in that case then with COVID, this isn't something I thought about then. So the last couple of years of her life, you got to spend more time with her. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. She, she died in 2021. So basically the last year of her life, I was home a lot more. Yeah. So, and that's, mm-hmm. I don't know if this, I, I guess I'm just curious. Did you think about that in the moment that you were happy you had that? Is that something you reflected on just, you know, that time you got to have with her at the end? A little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I definitely was happy I got to be with her more even in the moment I was like oh, I get to hang out with my cat yeah. you know I'm not so busy and running it because you know how pets are when you're in and out of the house a lot you can tell they're like oh you just got home you're leaving again yeah. you know and I wasn't leaving so uh there were times I could tell she was like why are you here <laughs> why don't you go somewhere that's yeah, not I here I need to look myself right now and then take a six hour um, nap yeah seriously and you're ruining it go away (laughs) but yeah I think she also thought that maybe that meant she would get fed more which (laughs) that's how all cats are like when is food basically yeah ours um we can't leave food out for them we have to do the you know dry food in the morning wet food in the evening and you know look at some Mm -hmm. treats but they they are very food motivated so like 7 30 on the dot they are screaming for dinner oh I bought I broke down about a timed feeder because there were, I want to sleep in on the weekends. I don't want to be getting up at 6 o'clock to feed the damn cat. <laughs> well, we've got the time feeder for the dry food. So in the morning, you know, I, yeah. I joke with Natalie or with my wife that we've got the um, the organic alarms, you know, so they'll start going off like right mm-hmm. before 6, and then oh, the yeah. thing, you can hear the thing go off, and then you just hear mm-hmm. and just go running towards it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, wanted, I wanted oh, to ask yeah. you. That's how, yeah. I wanted to ask to... Um, and this this one might be a little more difficult with her passing, though. Did you know that something was going on? Did, did it feel sudden, or did it was it kind of a slow process? Oh, no. uh, she honestly, like, I think it was an easy process for me because she had health issues for most of her life, and I'm honestly shocked she lived as long as she did. She was ni- about 19 when she died. And she was like at death's door from the time she was about oh, 10. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I had the, I've had to have the conversation with the vet probably like a dozen times. And it, it made it easier but hard when the time finally did come because I had had that conversation with myself, my husband, the vet so many times already. And like every time I'd get to the point where like, you know, all right, let's give her another few days and then we'll we'll put her down and then she would just yeah. perk right back up again and she was fine and it was like so when we were when it was time I knew it was time but still there was that thing in the back of my head that was like she's gonna perk up in a yeah. couple of days I know it and she didn't so she she told me she was ready at that point now had you already started your journey to being a death duel at this time uh, yeah, I had just, it was 
Let me think how this timeline worked out. Yeah, I had just started training when I when I had her put So down. were you able to try to, I yeah. don't even know if you can, but were you able to try to coach yourself a bit during the process? Or is, can you even be there? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I know it's hard to be a doula for yourself. But, um, but I did like think about a lot of the things I was learning in training about like creating a legacy and making the perfect final moments. And when I realized it was time, I did everything I could to make home like perfect yeah. for her. And I stayed home. I canceled stuff. I was, you know, here as much as I could be and giving her, I just left food out all the time. Um, and which was hard. She threw up yeah. a lot. Um, she did that like her last like several years. She just puked constantly. Um, so I I would leave food out, but it was kind of sometimes a bad thing. She would just overeat and then get sick. Yeah. But um, I like all the treats she wanted, all the pets she wanted. Like I slept. There were so many different times when she was sick or had had injuries that I slept downstairs on the floor just so I could be with her. Because I knew she couldn't get up the stairs anymore. You so, be alone. Um, yeah, I used a little bit of that and just like kind of created the perfect last couple of days for yeah. her. You know, that's that just makes me think of a. I've seen this thing float around on the internet before. Um, this idea that you know they're with us for part of our lives, but most of their lives, and so to be there mm-hmm. with her in those you know those final days those final moments and to be able to give her some level of comfort mm-hmm. it speaks to that mm-hmm. bond you said she was your soulmate and your best friend i mean oh my god she was we went through so much together and um well like you were saying with uh you know they're there for part of our lives we're there for most of theirs my mom keeps telling me like she read a quote somewhere about um our pets are part of our lives yeah. but we're their whole life like, you know, we're all, anyway. No, I'm with you. I, um, I don't care if it sounds hippie. Yeah, we. My, my pets are my family. Yeah. It's true. It's absolutely true. I, I'm not shy to say that I cried harder when she died than I did when my brother died. And that's not to say that I loved her more than my brother, because that's not true at all. Yeah. It's different. She was in my life every single day for almost two decades. And like I said, she and I went through so much together. Um, I had her before I met my first husband, you know? Um, So she went through my turbulent first marriage with me. We moved together like, I don't know, seven times. She was with me when I bought my first house. She was with me when I met my, my current husband. And she was there, she was literally sitting on my lap when I got the news that my brother had died. And she everything I went through in my life like she was the one yeah. I talked to I'm gonna get choked up <laughs> but she was she was the one I turned to first when I was going through things because I knew she yeah. she would listen to me <laughs> you know and she had this and you'll hear this from so many pet owners she had this way of just knowing when I wasn't okay and she would find me and she would sit with me or sit on me or like do the paw thing, put her paw on my arm just to be like, I'm here, mom, it's okay. And she just, and when I was sick, she knew she would cry and ask my husband to put her up in the bed with me when I had the flu so she could lay with me. (laughs) Yeah. The the level of humanity that an animal can have is it will never cease to amaze me. Right. 
mm-hmm. like that level, like that comfort you're talking about. And I've, I've experienced this with my own, with pork chop before is that she, um, when we had COVID a couple of years ago, I remember laying in bed and just unable to move and just, just feeling the worst I'd felt in years. And she hung out with me the whole time, mm-hmm. you know? Aww. But I mean, but what were you saying? Like when she, she was there with, with you for all of those, those major moments. I mean, and that constant source of, mm-hmm. it's almost grounding, right? That things might be getting crazy. Yeah. She was my, she was the one constant yeah. in my life, you yeah. know? And yeah. So when you say that, you know, you <laughs> cried more than for her, that doesn't sound crazy at all to me. That just, that sounds very much like a special relationship no. and a special bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, she was with me every single day of my life for two decades. And I mean, yeah, obviously I knew my brother for much longer than that, but he wasn't in my yeah. life every single day, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, it's, so, it's like, yeah. So I never look down on people who, who like absolutely no. lose it when their pet dies. Um, Never, because I get it. Most, almost any pet owner would agree. I think they would so. say I mean, they get it. Your pet, it, it, their family. You know, it, to me, their family. You know, it, for us, she was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got pork chop for her, my wife. I think for her her birthday, the right before we got married, we'd been engaged for almost a year, and it was right before we got married. We'd already decided we were going to get a cat at some point, and so I decided her birthday's coming up let's go and do this. And we've joked that she was Aww. our first fur baby. You know, she, she helped us prove that we could actually keep a living thing alive. <laughs> and we even talk about this now. I mean, she's, <laughs> she really is a physical living embodiment of how much we love each other. And that, you know, mm-hmm. we made this decision together and that helped us keep moving. That helped us get to the point where now we have a human child, which is amazing, but yeah, poor chop is special to us. She always will be. So I get it. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They they are a different type of love. It's just sure. <laughs> this is gonna sound silly. It's almost a, it's a very pure form of love to me because it is very much a, it's an all in thing. It is. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say I get nothing from her. And I'm sure you wouldn't say this either. But there's like she there's nothing like she doesn't make me money. She doesn't provide any services around the house. It <laughs> is purely companionship, and that is all I need. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when she was gone, um, like the first day, the first two days were the hardest because the house was suddenly very quiet. And she wasn't very noisy. Well, she, she started going deaf like her last yeah. six months or so. So she would meow <laughs> louder because she couldn't hear herself. So she would literally scream. Um, but she didn't do that all the time. So the house was just so quiet, though. And you know how, like, you can tell when a house is just totally empty. It just feels yeah. real still. And there was just that stillness about the house. And it just felt so much more empty than it ever had. And, you know, like, her bed was still there. And her toys were still there. And her food dish was still out. And it's just, like, it just felt so quiet and empty those first couple of days. Like I, I'm one of those people. I, I couldn't stand it. I think three days out, I cleaned up all her stuff. I didn't get rid of it, but I packed it all away. Cause I'm like, I can't look at it. I can't keep looking at her bed. Can't keep looking at her food dish. So I put it all in a box down yeah. in the basement. That's, and that, I, I can't blame you. Cause in a situation like that, I don't know that there's not a right or wrong thing there. I mean, it's really, it's whatever's going to help you in the moment. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I got her ashes back. Um, 
a couple days later and I set up a little, like we were talking before we started, yeah. I don't want to call it a shrine, but her little shrine <laughs> where her box with her ashes, her collar and a nice little yeah. photo. And a well, candle. yeah, it's not, a, you know, it would be a shrine if you were worshiping her, but it sounds to me, that's a memorial. That's all that is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a place of honor. Um, and I still remember our, our new cat now when he first discovered her box of ashes. Yeah. I got real nervous. <laughs> he was going to like knock it off. And he didn't, but he spent like 10 minutes just sniffing that box. And I was like, oh, buddy, <laughs> she would have hated you. <laughs> she would have hated this cat. <laughs> He's oh, young and hyper. And she didn't like that. She didn't like, like, she didn't like noise. She didn't like, she didn't like people in the house. <laughs> If people came over, she wouldn't leave the room, but she would just sit there and glare at everybody like, why are you in my... I always said if she had a voice, if she could speak, she would sound like B. Arthur, 100%. She would have... <laughs> she absolutely would have sounded like B. Arthur. I've never thought about this before, but I, I just want to... I'm only going to assume that every cat sounds like B. Arthur now. <laughs> As, I don't know. I feel like my current cat sounds like SpongeBob. Like, it's kind of kind of a ding. Because yeah. he's kind of a ding dong. He's so sweet, but he's not yeah, very well, smart. We have, a, we have a, a younger one now, Pappy, and he's um. I okay. So I've I've told my wife he's he's the same weight as our other cat, but he he doesn't look it. He looks smaller. And I told her he's dense, and I mean that in every possible sense of the word. He he just he's he's dense physically, but just his head is <laughs> dense. He's he's not smart. Um, oh, oh. I to, so you, you talk a little bit about how you kind of grieved in the days after but can you talk me through the grieving process because it's i know it's mm -hmm. not just a couple day thing i mean it, it's like with losing anyone or any anything. oh no I mean, what's the grieving process been like yeah well like i said i i was grieving her loss long before she left um which is that we call that anticipatory grief because i i i, I knew it was coming but also she had had so many close calls and she was just so sick and I, I knew the day was going to come. Um, so I had a lot of grief up to that point. Um, but the, the day we had her put down was such a beautiful day. I feel like I didn't grieve that day. I celebrated. Um, so we used Lap of Love, which mm. I don't know if you've heard of them. It's a veterinary hospice uh, organization and they're as far as I know, they're, they're national. So, um, but they'll come to your house and she didn't like to leave the house ever. Like taking her to the vet was pure trauma. And I couldn't bear the thought of taking her someplace to have her put down. I wanted her to be at home. And, um, so they came to the house and the vet that came out was just the sweetest, most compassionate man. He was so nice. He wanted to get to know her and get to know us. He had asked asked all sorts of questions and, you know, wanted to make sure we were comfortable with everything. And, you know, we went through the process and he, he even said, I'll step outside, take all the time you need. And he left us with her for a period of time so that we could cry. And, uh, and I, I, I bawled, <laughs> I bawled my eyes out, um, but I just held her and pet her. And, um, then the hardest part was watching him leave with her cause he took her to the place to have her cremated for me. And just watching somebody take her out of my house was like, yeah. oh, my baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, the like I said, the first couple of days were really hard because it was just so quiet. And I'm just, I was just used, it felt like half of my heart was gone, you know, to, 
that's the only way I can think to phrase it. Like, cause she was just there and then she wasn't. And it just felt like part of me was gone. And, um, it took time and there was, there was a period of time where it was, it was honestly a little nice. You're not, not cleaning up the cat puke anymore and worrying about, is she going to hurt herself? Or are we going to have another trip to the vet and all the vet bills and everything? Like, yeah, absolutely. That was nice not to have yeah. to worry about that. But, um, just learning to navigate my life without her and it took some time it really took some time how did the people around you how did they respond to your grief Th- this is something i wonder too because you you mentioned a little bit ago that any pet owner would understand how difficult that would be but i know not mm-hmm. everybody's a mm-hmm. and honestly I, even the word pet owner feels weird because it's like you know them. they're part of the family pet ha- pet haver yeah. you know yeah pet pet, pet parent. parent pet parent you know, yeah. <laughs> I think any of them would understand, but, you know, other people, you know, it, did they know what was going on? How did how did other people re- respond? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my Facebook feed is like that of a new mother her whole life. Like, I was constantly posting pictures of my cat, <laughs> but I was always talking, because she was such a crazy yeah. cat, and she, I just had, she was full of funny stories, because she was so weird. And uh, so I was always posting pictures and she was just so pretty and I just talked about her incessantly. And um, I even, ha- she has her own Facebook page. I know that might be no, a step no over, but I don't care. She, she had her own Facebook page and uh, a lot of my friends were, you know, friends with her too. Um, so that everybody knew, like she was my whole flipping world, man. She was my everything. So when she, when I had to tell people that, you know, she was gone, like, the amount of support I got was amazing. Cause like yeah. I said, everybody knew she was my whole daggone world. And they were like, Oh no, <laughs> Nikki's going to be a mess. <laughs> I mean, but that's, I love though that so many people knew and cared about you and, and cared about her. I mean, that's. Oh yeah. I got messages and phone calls and texts. A couple people sent me flowers, like just for weeks and weeks and weeks after she died, people were, like are you okay (laughs) it really is it never ceases to amaze me just you know you can lose all faith in humanity and then something horrible happens and people can step up and really restore it and that's i love that yeah oh yeah absolutely i've got great friends so everybody was very kind i i kind of kicked myself for not having a funeral but i also know she would have hated that you know that's that's the thing i mean the 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 services after the factor for the living you know, but there is something to be said for respecting the wishes of the whoever has has passed. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And she would have been like, "Nah, why are all these people exactly. in my house again?" Exactly. came out and said, "No, leave. <laughs> Get out of my house." Um, I was gonna ask. So I know you have another cat now. Was what was the? Yeah. I guess the how much time passed between then and getting another cat, and was it a. Was it a conscious decision of like, okay, I'm going to research, or was it just like a, hey, there's a cat available? No, yeah, it was. It's more the latter. Um, it had. It was a little over a year, and I was getting to the point where I wasn't sure if I wanted to get another. Like I did. I couldn't imagine my house yeah. without a pet in it. But it was kind of nice that because my husband and I like to travel a lot, and we could just leave and not have. We left. We went on a month long hike in vermont and we just like locked up the house and left you know like we didn't have to worry about somebody coming over to take care of the cat 
Um, and I was like, this is kind of nice not to have to worry about all of this, but like, that's 10% of my life. The other 90% I'm here, you know, and I, I, I kept thinking about it. I would like look at cats that, that were up for adoption and no, and changed my mind a lot. But, uh, some friends of ours, um, uh, my friend down the road, his parents live on a farm about two out an hour and a half to two hours away from here. And he said they had a cat that just showed up and was just the sweetest cat. Total, feral cat they didn't know where he came from they asked they put it in the newspaper they put it online they put it everywhere to try to find this cat's owner because he was so sweet there was no way he wasn't somebody's cat but nobody nobody claimed him and they they didn't they couldn't keep a cat so they were like what do we do with this cat and my friend was like i know somebody <laughs> so in so I went up to meet the cat, and like he immediately climbed in my lap. I'm like, "Well, <laughs> shit, I have a cat again." <laughs> so in both cases, though, it was a matter of I know of I I see a cat with a need, and I know somebody that will give this cat a good home. I mean, in both situations, mm-hmm. it just kind of found you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess that's kind of the secondary yeah. cat distribution system. I keep I'm waiting for the day I just find a box of kittens on well, the side of okay, the road. So- I want it to happen. happen. Come on. Expected. So, pa- Pappy, <laughs> I know. Pappy came know. into our home uh, a little over a year ago. I was mowing the backyard, and all of a sudden, you know, my, my wife got home from picking up our daughter, and they just ran into the backyard, and my daughter mm-hmm. just screams, We found a cat. Okay. Give me more details. Oh. So, apparently, they, they'd <laughs> seen this little cat run out in the road, and. You know they weren't. Sh- you know she wasn't sure what it was, but she saw a truck run over, and she's like, "Oh, that this whatever it is is dead." Oh well, The truck no. didn't actually hit it though. It was just it was a bigger truck that that ran right over where he was and basically rolled him just with the force of the air of the truck. It, I don't know science terms. Oh, thank God. So she she pulled over. She stopped and she just ran a check on him. And she she goes over there and he's he's not hurt. He's not moving though. He's just terrified and he just looks up at her. This little he was about five oh. weeks old. And just looked at her, and she just said, yep, you're coming home. She grabbed him. So from the time they came to the backyard to get me, I came to the car to check on him. He had managed to crawl up underneath the dashboard of her car. So we had to, we had to essentially dig him oh, out. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but our, our pork chop, our older cat, she's not a she's not a cat person either. So it we had to keep okay. them separate for several months to make sure that one they didn't try to kill each other and that two we could get him to the vet and run all the tests to make sure that he you know he didn't have any kind of you know FIV or anything going on and now they still mm-hmm. they bicker a little bit but it's more of like a big sister little brother thing and they've kind of progressively gotten mm-hmm. a little bit more close but you just you never know Aww. you just you never know when, when it's going to happen yeah I'm I'm hoping we can get a second cat, but the, now once again I got a cat that doesn't like other cats because he, when he first showed up at their farm, he was apparently pretty beat up, like his yeah. face was real torn up and he was bleeding and um, thankfully not too badly hurt, but I think he was picked on by other cats because anytime he sees a cat outside our house, he his tail's about four times his normal size and he kind of loses his crap for like an hour he's chilled out we got we had him fixed and that helped with a lot of things um yeah uh and he's chilled out a little bit but he still seems really fearful of other cats so i don't know if this will ever work or not but i hope so because he's so playful and i feel like he would love to have a little buddy right 
That's what I said. I keep saying if we get like a little cat maybe, but there was one cat on our porch that he was like so scared of. He crawled, like he ran to me and like wanted me to hold him and he was hiding his head. This cat was like four pounds. I'm like, dude, he's, and he's easily 12 pounds. Yeah. Like he's a big like, cat. It's about. <laughs> it's like, buddy, she's like a third your size, man. He's like, mom, there's a cat out there. Oh man. Stinker. Well, so let me, let me shift gears just a little bit more. Um, so this, you know, this podcast, yeah. we talk about grief and food. Um, and I know most people may not associate mm-hmm. their pets with food, but you did have a couple memories of her with food or just things that remind you of her, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I tried not to feed her like my food often, but I did <laughs> a lot. Uh, she, she was one of those, she, whatever I was eating, she wanted, but nine times out of 10, when I let her smell okay. it, she didn't want it anymore. So everything I was eating, she's like, I want it, I want it. And I put it down, let her sniff it. She's like, eh, never mind. Uh, the look on her face literally was like, mm, no. But she loved tuna. Tuna, I mean, I yeah. feel like that's a cat thing. But tuna, like, if you owe any can, if you open a can, she was like, it's tuna. And like, no, it's corn. I respect the optimism, though. <laughs> she, oh, every can was like, Tuna. Um, so I got her tuna. That was like, especially in her last couple of years, I always had tuna on the house to give her, you know, as a treat. But I, I hate tuna with, I cannot express to you how much I hate tuna. I, I wish I liked it, yeah, but it, it's it. the smell. I can't, it makes me dry heave. I can't, I hate tuna so much, <laughs> but I, dang it. I opened a can all the time for her. You made sure she had her treat. <laughs> I did. She loved it. Uh, my husband likes tuna, so he would eat some too. But um, it, she loved chicken, too. So anytime I had chicken, I let her have some. Do you ever do that for the <laughs> new cat? No, only because when he first came here, he was so food insecure. We were guessing he was about a year old when we brought him home. So he was yeah. on the mean streets <laughs> for like a year. Um, and so he's very food insecure. So he would attack anything we were eating and try to take it from us. So we were trying to break him of this and like get him to not try to eat our food. So we don't, we don't give him our food every now and then I'll, um, accidentally drop like a piece of chicken. He'll eat anything though. He tore open a loaf of bread and ate half of the loaf. This is Pappy. Um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Is it really? Is he an orange tabby? He's a half white, half tuxedo. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's Um, right. No, he he very much uh, he's same thing. He I can't tell how many like chicken wings or chicken nuggets he's like absconded with. I've. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he knows he's not supposed to now because we yell at him. So like he'll sneak up, and I I swear to God, if you turn your back for half a second, he nabs yeah. it and runs away with it. I can't tell you how many <laughs> Benny Hill moments we've had of me chasing him through the house with like a piece of cheese hanging out of his <laughs> mouth, and I'm like, no, <laughs> well, you can't. I had to have stop it. calling him a little bastard because my daughter repeated me one day. And I I don't typically curse in front of her, but oh, no. he just, he's a little bastard sometimes. And she is like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yell at him. So, yeah, we don't we don't give him people food only because of that because we're, we're trying to break him of That's stealing right. food from us. And it's – but I do, like, I'll – he gets his wet food once a day. So, you know, he's got his special treat, and I might give him a piece of chicken I mean, look, sometimes you get butterfingers and a piece of it. chicken or a piece of ham falls. I mean – it happens. I, whoops. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, 
Nikki, you know, was there anything else you wanted to tell us about Yuna, or did, did you, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with, like, pet loss and pet grief? Because, again, I think it's incredibly valid, and it's, it's, it's something a lot of people yeah. experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, anybody I know that has had a bond with a pet, um, they get it. Like, I get it. You get it. Most people have had that bond yeah. with a pet. We get it. So we understand each other, but people who don't have that bond don't, and that's okay, <laughs> you know, but, um, I would just ask that people understand that that bond can be really, really strong between a pet and their person and a person and their pet. And, um, like I said to, I, I don't even like to call Yuna my pet. No. She was my soulmate. Um, she was my best friend. She was there with me. Like I said, I, I was... 23 I think when I brought her home and no not quite like 24 25 anyway I was in my early 20s I was a new adult (laughs) you know and we kind of grew up together we kind of started getting old together and like when somebody loses a pet give them some grace because holy crap that's a hard it's a hard one and there have been I'm a grief professional so I've read through the study there have been plenty of studies on pet loss is harder on people sometimes yeah. than human loss. I could see that because, like you said, I mean, they're in your life every day. They are a major part of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's kind of stigmatized too because you're like, well, it's just a dog, it's just a cat, it's just a turtle or whatever the pet was. I'm like, no, it's so much more. People don't value the life of an animal as much as we value yeah. the lives of humans. And I'm not gonna say everybody does that, but that's just kind of like a common thing that like you know you don't think of pets as great as humans are i guess so that the loss of a pet is like well that's sad but you know whatever no not whatever somebody probably (laughs) yeah no thankfully i've never heard anybody say that to me like god it's just a cat you know like nobody has said that to me but most of the people i associate with are amazing and awesome so they wouldn't do that somebody that hated cats seriously I know I do know people that really hate cats, and that's fine. Yeah, they're allowed. They're allowed. I mean, you can be wrong. That's okay, <laughs> I guess. You, it's, I think it's perfectly <laughs> fine to be wrong sometimes. Uh, I, but I, I appreciate you sharing that and sharing your story. Um, yeah, so you absolutely. know, I always like to end with two questions. So the first one is, if you and you yes. could eat one more meal together, and maybe it's you know maybe eating it together is not exactly the right way to put it, but if you could, if you had a chance to feed you one more time, <laughs> what would you want to give her? Oh, I would give her a big old slap of tuna. Absolutely. Even though I hate it, I would still give her some tuna. And I would sit down and eat some chicken with her. (laughs) Well, Nikki, the last thing is, tell us about what you're working on. Tell us about where we can find you and learn more about the the great work you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my website is NikkiTheDeathDoula.com, and it's spelled N-I-K-K-I. Um, there's a link to my podcast on there as well. My podcast is Good Grief with Nikki the Death Doula, and I talk all about grief, much like our lovely Andrew here, um, destigmatizing it, demystifying it, and letting everybody know that you're not alone. Whatever you're feeling is normal. Um, I also recently joined the board of directors for a brand new nonprofit here in Columbus, Ohio called Let the Light In, and um, we provide support for women who've experienced pregnancy and infant loss. Um, which is another grief that, holy crap, (laughs) that's, I think that's the worst trauma somebody could go through. Um, 
But if you'd like to hear more about that, you can go to ltli.org for Let the Light In. Um, and I actually have a interview, which should be out by the time this airs, with Cami, who started Let the Light In, where she shares her story of her pregnancy losses and why she started Let the Light In. You know, we talked a little bit before we started recording about that, and thank you so much for doing that work. Um, I will make sure to link to mm-hmm. your website, uh, definitely to Let the Light In, um, and I would just you know, strongly encourage yeah. anyone to please educate yourself a little bit, learn a little bit more about it. Um, you know, yeah. Th- this is a thing I think about sometimes, you know, whenever we talk about raising awareness for different causes, I think some people misinterpret what that means. And it's not really so much raising awareness doesn't necessarily stop something, but it is a great way to know how to help people and support people who have gone through something. Mm-hmm. Well, and pregnancy loss is another very stigmatized grief, mostly because women don't talk about it. Um, one in four women will experience a pregnancy loss in their lifetime. And, and like anecdotally to me, it feels more like one in three, cause I swear almost every woman I have spoken to has, has suffered a pregnancy loss. So, um, yeah, it's important that we start talking about it so that these women don't feel so isolated yeah. when they go through it. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add there. That's it's, I think you, you said it, it really, I mean, you <laughs> said it perfectly. It's, it's, it's something that we need to be more open about and more supportive of. So thank you so much for doing that mm-hmm. work. Nikki, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you again to Nikki for joining us today and talking about her cat. You know, again, pet loss is something that we go through, we experience collectively. It's not something that we talk a lot about. So I'm glad that Nikki took the time to talk with us and share it today. If you've experienced this, if you experience this, I hope you will take the time to share and talk with somebody and treat it like the grief that it is because animals, I mean, they can <laughs> they can be more human than human sometimes. And I don't know that that makes sense saying it out loud, but it makes sense in my heart. Yeah, I appreciate anyone who listens. I'm happy for and excited for 2024. Uh, hoping for a, you know another great year doing the podcast and uh, getting to grow up more and sometimes change up the format and how I do it. Uh, if you like the show, please consider subscribing wherever you listen, uh, be it through any podcast channels, through YouTube. You can follow at Our Last Mill Pod on all social media. You can reach out at ourlastmill.com. Send something to rlsmillpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, share it with someone. If you're interested in ever being a guest, reach out to me through email, through any social media. Regardless, take care of yourselves. Make sure that you go out and have a meal with somebody that you care about.